Toxin Psychoanalysis shares topics published in the IPA Society journals and Congress debates worldwide, from the direct voice of the authors to the links to their papers. We hope that this window will allow you to see the depth and breadth of psychoanalytic thought across the world. Far away, so close. Happy listening! This episode was created and edited by Gaetano Pellegrini. Introduction recorded by Frank Andrade. In this new episode, we'll explore, by the voice of Hilid Brodsky, the eternal recurrence of the same and the chasm between memory and forgetfulness. Hilid Brodsky, PhD, is a clinical social worker and a training psychoanalyst at the Israel Psychoanalytical Society. She's an award-winning of the Psychoanalytic Training Today Award of the IPA and a researcher of psychoanalysis and culture, focusing on music and musical reverie associated to trauma. She's a faculty member on the School of Social Work in BIU, a lecturer on the psychotherapy program Sackler School of Medicine at Tel Aviv University and Ambar Ilan Psychotherapy Program. Her edited book, Crisscross on Art, Culture, and Psychoanalysis, will be published shortly. Thank you for joining me for the podcast I called Eternal Recurrence of the Same in Relations to the COVID-19. I'll start with Nietzsche's challenge for his readers. He asked the readers, what if someday or night a demon were to steal after you into your loneliest loneliness and say to you, this life, as you now live it and have lived it, you will, live, you will have to live it once more and an innumerable times more. And there will be nothing new in it, but, but every pain and every joy and every thought and sigh and everything unutterably small or great in your life will have to return to you all in the same succession and the same sequence. Even this spider and this moonlight between the trees and even this moment, he says, and, and I myself, the eternal hourglass of existence is turned upside down again and again, and you with it, speck of dust. So the test for Nietzsche resides in one's effective response to this possibility. The possibility is, would you not throw yourself down and gnash your teeth and curse the demon who spoke thus, who challenged you this way? Or have you once experienced a tremendous moment when you would have answered him, yes, God, yes. If this thought gained possession of you, it would change you as you are or perhaps crush you even. The question in each and everything, do you desire this once more and innumerable times more? The question is, uh, would lie upon your actions as the greatest weight? Or how well disposed would you have to become to yourself and to life? So you will crave nothing more fervently than this ultimate eternal confirmation and seal. So this passage 
uh, of Nietzsche's is considered generally in existential terms as an affirmation of imminence, a revaluation of life in response to the death of God, and a challenge, Faulkner says, uh, a challenge to take responsibility for the meaning of the earth. And I thought about this challenge when I thought about the COVID-19 pandemic. I think it is similar to this challenge, because what if we are to experience multiple waves of this virus? We have, in fact, experienced other epidemics, such as Ebola and SARS, which had the potential of being world pandemics. Do we now want to attribute significance and meaning to this virus? And what this might mean for future waves? This virus means only what we decide upon. And how it will be regarded by future generations. So will it shape our future in so far that we learn from this experience as beyond suggested? Or will it remain an incomprehensible event lacking context? Or will this event repeat itself again and again until it finally becomes clear and will be contextualized? So when I told my 13-year-old son about Nietzsche's challenge, uh, my son immediately told me that there was no way, no point in repeating your life if you couldn't fix it or repair it and prevent some, at least some of the painful experiences. My son thought a minute longer and then he continued, perhaps when I'm eight years old, I will think differently. And it seems to me that the great difficulty in this challenge lies in the inability to change the past and to grow from, from our experiences so that our memories turn into our own personal history. And, and thus, uh, our memories will wisely outline our future path. Because it is, after all, our memories which construct the mind and the self. How will we remember the COVID-19 pandemic after we leave the quarantine? And what will we remember from our previous lives? Are we capable even of seeing in a straightforward manner that our lifestyle and choices summon this global crisis? Or, of course, will we choose to deny it completely and thereby uh, we will invite its reappearance? This is the way I see it. The reality of this pandemic represents for each and every one of us a singular idea that is associated with one's uh, internal world and primary object relationship, uh, relations, of course but all the while, on a, on a social level, the repercussions of this pandemic reflect the culture of uh, consumerism, which in, 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 enslaves us as serfs uh, by tycoons 
and corporations. So as we leave our quarantine, will we acknowledge this reality or will we ignore it with our eyes widely closed? And will we be brave enough to acknowledge our, uh, our greediness, our boastful uh, conquering of our life-giving Mother Earth while polluting and abusing her resources? Or will we instead simply define the virus in biological terms? Biological terms only as a, as a separate RNA segment enveloped in a protein shell, ignoring that it is part of a greater whole. Because if this is to be the case, we will in fact, in my opinion, be much like factory workers who repeatedly and automatically produce and reproduce the same life mold without assigning meaning or, or even accepting responsibility for it. When we act by rote, continually, following the same pattern, it becomes nearly possible to see the beauty and poetry of our existence. And I suggest that leaving the quarantine is even more dramatic than, than entering it. Because after the abrupt halt of our fast-paced lives, we suddenly entered the quarantine. We suddenly entered our homes and found ourselves outside our usual rhythm. And many, I think, many of my colleagues and of my friends found blissful quietude and simplicity through, uh, through the window, uh, through our garden, uh, through our online broadcasts even, we had the ability to reconnect to the beauty of nature and Mother Earth. A lot of my, a lot of my colleagues uh, found uh, uh, a lot of uh, secret places and secret garden near their houses. And it was amazing because it was there all along and they found it uh, in the COVID-19. Uh, and I think uh, that in, in this reconnection of beauty of nature and Mother Earth, it reminded me of Meltzer that maintains that when we look at our mother's face and rediscover her beauty, we then encounter the aesthetic of our own existence. And for a short moment, we felt in the quarantine that perhaps it was possible to do things differently and to do more with less and to feel more with less. Leaving the quarantine feels as if the outside world, for me, and I think for a lot of my patients, uh, it feels like the world is forcefully attacking us with its overwhelming demands. It suddenly seems that there is an overabundance of 
of the outside world, which is too fast and too intense and too large for our size. During the quarantine, many of us contemplated the possibility of making a real change and the opportunity to do things differently and to be mindful of our past and create a different future. However, as we have resumed our lives, I'm very troubled by our rapid return to our previous lives, recalling uh, Nietzsche's eternal recurrence of the same. An anal as an analyst, I write an anamnesis, uh, a patient's medical and personal history, or an amnesia, which comprises both remembrance and forgetfulness. Remembrance may be likened to, to odd numbers, which when divided, it always leave a residue of forgetfulness. The self is formed by the many memories that unite together, all the while it also erases, or, or all the while it is erasing those which threaten its unity, the memories which threaten the unity uh, of the self. In other words, memories which do not conform with our self-image are often edited out. So perhaps the fundamental question concerns the chasm between memory and forgetfulness. To what extent do our self-image and perceptions of the collective become perforated and shredded over time? And how many of our memories are edited? I recently encountered and expressed desires in my patients to change the course of their lives and to do things differently as a result of this pandemic. And incidentally, I have had these same feelings myself because this desire offers an opportunity for growth and for meaningful re-evaluation of, of life and of perception both on the individual and both on the global collective level. However, it also occurs to me that this is an utopian fantasy with no memory of what caused the preceding crisis. The psyche often strives to start anew. The psyche is driven to start as, as tabula rasa, believing that this time things will be different and will be better. In extreme situations, people perceive the world through polarities, seeking to either uh, compulsively reconstruct the old world or dreaming of building a new one. But perhaps we only need to self-moderate, to self-regulate. Uh, and, and just to tone down the intensity, the commotion, and the excessiveness of life. Um, not to do new, uh, start anew, but, but uh, to continue. Freud describes the mechanism of undoing as seeking to undo what has been done and uproot it as if 
it were possible to go back in time and to undo the event completely. And we often wish to diminish the cause, the importance, the repercussions of our own behavior. However, the act of undoing, in its pathological sense, is aimed at altering the reality of the event and is not merely limited to its consequences. When we deal with the question of uh, the question of what will the day after the end of the COVID-19 pandemic look like? It is noteworthy, I, this is what, what I believe, it is noteworthy to remember that this virus has become a part of our collect collective history. And while I'm struggling to return to my former routine, I do ask myself, what I have learned from my psychological experience and the experiences of the collective. The mechanism of undoing strives to erase the very essence of the trauma, to delete the traumatic experience, its mental registry, of course, and the, uh, and the corresponding testimonies. In much the same manner as we delete a computer document. However, as I think every computer technician uh, will tell you, would tell you, deleted documents can almost always be recovered. Specifically, it is the links that are deleted, but not the actual information. You cannot really delete the documents almost always. And I believe that in conjunction with a profound wish to erase and to undo traumatic events, there is always an opposing wish to register and to imprint the experiences in which the psyche was unable to be fully present at the time they occurred. Paradoxically, the more the psyche strives to erase the event, the deeper it is imprinted. So in so far as uh, individuals seek to erase their past, they thereby relieve it indefinitely. Will the COVID-19 experience force us to face wounded trauma areas in ourselves and in our society from which we had been dissociated. This virus has a potential because it poses an enormous, uh, on, the, on the one hand, it poses an enormous threat to humanity, regardless of nationality, religion, race, and gender. But the potential is that doesn't matter and it doesn't regard your nationality, religion, race, and gender. We are all uh, on the same boat. Does this shared enemy offer the potential for individual and collective transformation through the notion of unity? Or will we quickly restore our previous lifestyle with our deeply held perceptions, all the while erasing the traumatic memory of COVID-19? 
and our short-lived hope for real change. How will this trauma affect us unconsciously? Most specifically, our desire to erase it. Will the same recur to eternity? Thank you very much.